whether you believe it or not, whether you know it or not, you're going to end up somewhere forever. There was a day when you was not, but the moment you became, you always will be. Uh, when we leave this world, when we leave this earth in death, we're going to spend eternity in one or two places, in heaven or the lake of fire. Only two places, only two places found, only two places is there. God has made it so we can make it to heaven. Amen? And I, I need you, I need you to pay close attention today, okay? Acts chapter 26 and verse number 19. Have you found your spot? Here in the scripture, we find a, a little man of God, in little in stature, probably little of importance to uh, the crowd that he was addressing. He is addressing the elite of Rome, the, the King Agrippa, Herod Agrippa II. Uh, he is basically pleading for his life, or supposed to be pleading for his life. He's supposed to be defending himself. He's basically in court being judged. He is standing before the king, and, and, and Paul has been falsely accused. He, he is there to give his side of the story, if you will, and he has done that. He told about the Damascus Road experience. He told about the day that he was on his way to destroy Christians, and Jesus met him uh, by the way, and he was never the same. How many of y'all know when you run into Jesus, you'll never be the same? This, this, this moment in time changed his life and, and, and Jesus told him, you're going to be an apostle, you're going to be a disciple, uh, you're going to be a witness, a missionary to the Gentiles and, and you have a responsibility, you have a job to do. And now we find our spot here uh, with Paul, the little man of God, giving uh, his side of the story, defending himself before King Agrippa. He says in verse 19, Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision, but showed first unto the, the, uh, them of Damascus and at Jerusalem and throughout all the coast of Judea and then to the Gentiles that they should repent. Say that with me. They should and turn to God and do works meet for repentance. What he's saying is if you truly repent, it will show uh, I don't believe in a work salvation, but I believe in a salvation that works, and if you got it, it'll show. He says, bring works meet for repentance. In other words, let the outside show what's happened on the inside. For these causes, the Jews caught me in the temple and went about to kill me. It's amazing when you tell people they need to repent how they'll have an attitude about it. Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day witnessing both to small and great, saying none other thing than those which the prophets and Moses did say should come. In other words, all I'm saying is the same thing all the prophets of old have said, that Christ should suffer and that he should be the first that should rise from the dead and should show light unto the people and to the Gentiles. And as he thus spake for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, thou art beside thyself, much learning, doth make thee mad. And he said, I'm not mad. He said, I'm not crazy, most noble Festus, but speak forth the words of truth and soberness. I tell you what, in this old crazy world we're living in, all you got to do is tell the truth and people think you're crazy. It's, we, we're, we're messed up, people. Verse 26, For the king knoweth of these things, for whom also I speak freely. For I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him, for this thing was not done in the corners, talking about the crucifixion 
and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was a very, for three years, Jesus was a very public figure. The crucifixion was a very public act. Uh, the resurrection was a very public thing. It says, King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest. And then in my opinion, the saddest verse in all of the Bible. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Read it with me. Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Father, we thank you for your blessings and your kindness. We thank you for this place and this full house. Lord, please save somebody today. There's no doubt in my mind somebody walked through those doors wondering. Somebody walked through those doors worrying. Somebody, somebody has doubt in their heart right now. You are speaking to them. Even before the message is displayed, you are speaking to their hearts saying they need to be converted. They need to be saved today. Well, Lord, I pray today would be that glorious day that they would trust in you as their Savior. And God, I'll praise you and I'll thank you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I grew up, I grew up in South Florida, uh, not, not, far, not far from Cocoa Beach and, and, and Kennedy Space Center. And I had the privilege as a, as a kid, uh, it, it was cool living that close because we were close enough even though we were several, several, several miles away, we were still close enough that every time the space shuttle went off, uh, we were able to witness it. They, uh, they would shut the school down. Classes would stop. Uh, they would say the, the, the exact time and moment when the space shuttle was to go off, they, they would stop the classes. Everybody would go outside. All the kids got to go outside. And we'd sit there and wait on it because it was such a spectacular sight to see this this monstrosity of a vehicle shooting into outer space and 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 the and the smoke and the pl and it, it was just it was cool i mean it was a, a really cool thing and 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 watching that and seeing that uh on january on january the 16th 2003 space shuttle columbia lifted off uh from kennedy space center uh lifted off with seven crew members on board and and they had a 16-day uh mission to fulfill uh, the, 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 the experiments that they were going to perform, they range from uh, anywhere from a, an Australian spider uh, forming a web in, in zero gravity uh, uh, all the way to just, just uh, studying and, and, and researching cosmic dusk in outer space. And, and the 16-day journey seemed to be routine and seemed to be fine and seemed to be okay. But what they did not know was 82 seconds into the launch, a piece of foam the size of a suitcase broke off, uh, broke off the, the outside fuel tank and hit the left wing of the space shuttle. This foam was there to keep icing from uh, uh, covering the outer tank there. And this piece of foam broke off and hit the tiles, the, the safety tiles, the heat tiles uh, on the left side of the wing. Unbeknownst to the crew, uh, everything seemed to go fine. Everything seemed to go great. Uh, each day passed, each, each experiment passed, everything seemed fine. Well, as we know, uh, on, on uh, February the 1st, February the 1st, we know that the shuttle came back to re-enter the atmosphere, to come back home. But the damage of the wing 
was so severe that uh, uh, outside gases and hot gases, atmospheric gases, got into the wing and destroyed the internal uh, wing structure, and the and the uh, uh, the shuttle was compromised. At 8:59, at 8:59, the last uh, communication with the shuttle was made. I sat, I sat as I was looking at the story, and I I sat and watched footage on YouTube of the last nine minutes in the cockpit. The last nine minutes of them talking back and forth, like everything was fine, everything was normal. They had a handheld camera, even showing outside of the window the, the, the fire and the plasma that was forming on the outside, which was a normal issue coming back to re-enter the Earth's atmosphere. It was glowing red outside. It was just an amazing thing. And they carried life on as normal, like everything would be fine, kind of like we do on a daily basis. And in those last nine minutes, they talked about, oh, we got to put our gloves on. We, we, what, what, what is there waiting for us back and forth, moving the camera? Would you want to hold the camera? So forth and so on. But we know at 8.59, they lost contact. And at 9, 9 o'clock on the dot, the shuttle disintegrated. 16 minutes from home. 16 minutes from touchdown. 16 minutes from being in the arms of their family. 16 minutes from walking off of that shuttle on ground and say, we made it home. They almost made it home. How many, how many times do we look over past history and the word almost comes up all the time. How many, how many car accidents? And we know that the greatest number of car accidents happens between a mile and two miles from where somebody lives. And, and what do we say? What do we say? They almost, say it with me, they, they almost made it home. Almost haunts us all the time. I almost went together. I almost made that decision. I almost took that step. I, in, in sports, I almost caught the ball. I, that ball almost went in the hole. I, I mean, it, it just ranges from, from every aspect of life. We are haunted by the word almost. And here in this story, I can't help but think, and I can't help but wonder, uh, what is going on in, in the preacher's mind? Because here this, this little frail old man, he is, he is up in years and up in age and he's given his life for the gospel. He has been beaten so many times. He has been broken and he has been battered, shipwrecked three times, beaten with rods, stoned and left to die. And here he is, probably with arthritis like you couldn't imagine, standing before this, this, this crowd of, of, of uh, uh, rich, uh, aristocratic people who probably disdained his even appearance. And, and all he's doing, and this is amazing to me, he should be pleading for his life. He should be begging for his life. But he cares not about his life. All he cares about is that they know who Jesus is. And he begins to preach. You, 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 you be careful. You be careful getting a preacher in front of a crowd. He's about to bust loose. Say amen. amen. And he begins to tell them about the resurrection. 
he shares in verse, uh, 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 verse number 20. He says, but I showed first unto them of Damascus and Jerusalem and throughout all the coast of Judea. Verse 22, he says that having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day witnessing both to small and great, saying none other things which the, but what the prophets and Moses did say, that Christ should suffer and that he should be the first that should rise from the dead. Paul said in Romans, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Why? What is the gospel? The death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. The word gospel means good news. Good news. What's so good about it? He went down, but he got up. He says in Revelation 1, I am he that liveth and, excuse me, and was dead, but I'm alive forevermore. It would be one thing if he went down. It would be one thing to come and do all that he did and do all the good deeds and do all of the healing and all of the blessing and all of the miracles and died and stayed in the ground. But on the third day, not a minute early, not a minute late, on the third day, just like he said he would do, he come up out of the ground. The angels rolled the stone away not so he could get out but so we could go in somebody say amen the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ you say why are you not afraid to die because one day he went in and he came out and because he went in and he came out one day I may go by way of the grave but there's a great getting up day one day when my name will be called and I will leave this world with a brand new body somebody say amen he said, you can say what you want, crowd. You can say and believe what you want, but there was a living Savior. His name was Jesus Christ. He lived 33 years upon this earth. He died on an old rugged cross, shed his blood for my sin and your sin. He went in the ground, but on the third day, he got up. Say amen. Oh, that, that story needs to be told all over this world. That story needs to be told all over Coleman. That story needs to be told all over this country. Listen, every drug addict needs to know that he got up. Every prostitute needs to know he got up. Every alcoholic needs to know that he got up. And if he has power over death, he has power over your problems. He has power over your issues. He has power over your needs. I'm telling you, he got up one day. Here in the midst of this situation, we find the preacher pleading and preaching a message of resurrection. Oh, this world needs to know there's hope. Are y'all with me? There's enough doom and gloom and there's enough, listen, sorrow and mess and crying and brokenness and bitterness. But I'm telling you, I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living no matter what men may say. Why? He's living on the inside of me. I feel him every time I wake up. Amen. He preached a message of resurrection that there is a living Savior. There's a living Savior. You can go in every grave of every religious leader there ever was. Every cult founder, every false religion, you can go in their grave and their bones are still there. But I dare you to go to Jerusalem. I, hey, ain't nobody there. Amen. That's good stuff right there. Amen. He preached a message of resurrection. But then... And this is the one. This is the one that got him. And this is the one that, that you don't hear no more. This is the one preachers have taken out of their repertoire. And as soon as I get a dictionary, I'll tell you what that means. Amen. 
uh, we don't hear we don't hear this topic anymore. We don't we don't we don't we want to hear we want to hear about uh, our our breakthrough is on the way. We want to hear we want to hear that hey our blessing is coming. This is the year breakthrough. It's it's coming. It's coming. It's amazing to me what people what people will follow today. Let me tell you, let me tell you what his message was. Verse number, verse number 20. He said, but showed first unto them at Damascus and at Jerusalem. And if it's on the screen, I hope it's on the screen. Uh, it says, and throughout all the coasts of Judea, and then to the Gentiles. Now watch this, watch this. That they should, whoo, I done lost a quarter of you right there. Come on now, y'all said it a while ago. That they should and turn to God. And do works meet for repentance. You see, this message that Paul was preaching was not just a message of resurrection. It was a message of repentance. Now, I love, I love standing here and telling you that Jesus can fix your problem. And I love standing and telling every addict, there is no addiction on this planet that God don't have the power to get you out of. Not one, not one. I said not one. Because of the resurrection, because of his power, he can do it. But I would be a hypocrite, and I would be a low-down, sorry, no-good preacher whatsoever if I didn't tell you in order to get that power, you got to repent. Nobody wants to hear that. Just leave me alone, let me live my life, and let me, let me get a little Jesus. You don't need a little Jesus. You need all of them. You don't need a little religion. You don't, you don't need a little church. Hey, you don't need a little, little there ain't no little dab will do nobody. You need to get the whole shebang. Say amen. And until we repent, it's not going to happen. You know what somebody should have done? You know what somebody should have done uh, last week at them Grammy things? I don't watch it. I'm not going to watch it. I never have watched it. I don't care nothing about it. But if they'd have gave me a microphone, I'd have stood up in the middle of that whole crowd and shouted to the top of my lungs, you all need to repent. Yeah. Repent. Repent. Hey, listen, John the Baptist, coolest figure in the Bible. I mean, when you're wearing leather and eating locusts and wild honey, you a bad man. Say amen. And he comes out the wilderness preaching the gospel. I mean preaching the gospel. And, and, and the Bible says he was full of the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. He leaped in his mother's womb when he heard the name of Jesus. I'm talking about he had the power of God on him. And you know what his message was? Repent. Repent. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. It was his responsibility to prepare the people to meet the Lord. And his message was repent. Hey, that message got him killed. That message got his head cut off. But you know what? When he went down, Jesus came up and followed the same message that John the Baptist preached, repent. And when they crucified him and put him in the ground, he rose from the dead, went back to glory. Peter took his place, stood on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter number 2. His same message was repent. Now what do you think we need to preach today? If John preached it, if Jesus preached it, if Peter preached it, bless God, MC needs to preach it. Repent. Change. I want you to keep going the same way. I, 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 I don't want your life to be the same way. I, I, I want you to repent. 
What does repent mean? Change your mind. That's what it means. Change your mind. Oh, but preacher, I changed my mind. But you're still living the same way. Let me illustrate repentance. Let me illustrate repentance. Uh, me and my father, oh, actually it was me and my wife and a friend of mine from school was in my car. And, and, and my father and my Uncle Chucky uh, was, in, uh, was in their vehicle. And, uh, and he's back there somewhere. I thought I seen him back there. Raise your hand, Uncle Chuck. I said, if you don't believe this story, he's back in the back. You can ask him right after services. We were, we were in Florida, and uh, I was living in South Carolina, and I was down in Florida preaching for my father. And, uh, and after the service and all that stuff, we was going back, we was going back to South Carolina, and my, my dad and my Uncle Chuck was following us in, in their vehicle. And we drove all the way up through, drove up 95, you know, going all the way up through Jacksonville and everything. And, and we got into South Carolina, or, or excuse me, in Georgia, uh, around the Savannah area. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Savannah area and I-95. And we was right there before we get into South Carolina. And uh, we decided to stop for a Whopper. So we stopped and went to uh, 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 Burger King. Went in there and ate and everything. This is at night. I mean, everything, it's dark and everything. So uh, Dad, being the alpha dog that he is, uh, he is, he is riding in the front because if he's driving, uh, nobody's passing. <laughs> it don't matter if you're going 40 miles an hour or 120. Nobody's going to pass him. You can't, you're not supposed to pass him. If you're passing him, he's not going fast enough. Say amen. <laughs> so he's in the front, and we're going all the way. Well, we get off, and this is, I said, Dad, now look, we're close to home, uh, so you need to follow me. Uh, I know where we're at, and then that way we won't get turned around and all that because I know where I'm supposed to go. You just stay behind me and follow me. Are y'all following me so far? So I got, I got Tammy with me and my buddy Robert from uh, college, and, and we're there talking, jawing, and everything. Has anybody been distracted driving before? Uh, I got distracted. Well, we're driving, and, 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 and we get on the interstate, and we're rocking and rolling, going, I mean, just boogie, 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 going down the road, having a big time. I mean, we're, we're going, I don't know, five, six, seven minutes, and enough to get on down the road pretty good. And I look in my rearview mirror, and, I mean, this fool's coming 100 miles an hour, and, and lights just a-flashing. I said, what in the world? There is a crazed maniac on this highway. Look back there. And there, man, they're looking. This car's coming. I said, this fool's going to run us over. Comes right flying up beside and Comes right and stops right beside us. <laughs> this is my father. <laughs> I said, what are you doing? He said, what are you doing? <laughs> I said, I'm going home. He said, you're going back south. Is that not the God's truth? I said, you got, a, you got a point there, amen? You know what I did? That next exit, I got off, I went, I turned around. Guess what I did? I, what's the word? I repented. Now watch this. Now watch this. Let me explain to y'all what some of y'all got issues with. Now, I could have felt bad about going the wrong way. All the way past Jacksonville. <laughs> I tell you, this is the wrong way. This is horrible. If we keep going this way, we won't ever. And this, I tell you what, I wish we wasn't going the wrong way and just keep right on driving. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I did not repent 
till I got off, turned around, and went the right way. Regret, say this with me, is not repentance. Just because you feel sorry about going the wrong way, that don't mean you repented. I'm preaching, y'all. Let me illustrate it this way, Bible story. How many of y'all have heard the story of the prodigal son? Raise your hand, story of the prodigal son. All right, some of y'all hadn't heard it, let me tell it. This old boy, he thought he was smarter. He must have been a teenager, say amen. I think every teenager needs to move out while they're teenagers, while they know everything, say amen. While they know everything, go ahead and move on out. Get all your bills, pay for your stuff, pay for everything, pay for your, gro- pay for your own groceries, say amen. This kid was a teenager. He wanted, his, he wanted his inheritance. He asked for it. And by the way, uh, you didn't do that. What you were saying by that is I want my father to die. He took his inheritance. His father showed enough grace and gave him the money. He went to a far country. And I know he had a good daddy because he went to a far country. Before he started acting the fool, he went to a far country. I guarantee you, if I ever change my ways and I start acting the fool, I will not do it in locality of my father. Say amen. He went to a far country, and the Bible said he wasted his substance on riotous living. What, what that means in Alabama terms, he was having a large time. Wine, women, and song, it was party hardy. Say amen. And you know what he'd done? Y'all not going to believe this, but with all that partying, he ran out of money. Isn't it an amazing thing what happens when you get out in the world and get out with the devil's crowd? It'll leave you broke. And y'all, not, y'all really not going to believe this, but when he got broke, he lost his friends. And here he is, broke, hungry, starving to death. He's sitting in the hog pen. The only job he could find was feeding hogs. Slopping nasty hogs. And now I know y'all don't think that's a big deal, but to a Jewish boy, that's a big deal. This was an unclean animal. And here he is hungry. Here he is broken. Here he is feeling sorry for himself. And I love this terminology. The King James said it this way. And he came to himself. You know what that means? He said, what in the world am I doing right here? Even my father's servants have bread enough and to spare, and I'm sitting here hungry. What am I doing? I must be out of my mind. This is what he says. I will arise and go to my father and say unto my father, I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Let me be one of thy hired servants. I, I, I just, if you'll just let me be a servant, I'll come back. Oh, please just let me come back home. And you know how I know he repented? He got up and went home. He got up and went home. He could have felt sorry for himself all that he wanted to, but that wouldn't have changed anything. It was not till he got up and went home that he got the help he needed. He dropped the pail, jumped the rail, and hit the trail. Say amen. Give him praise. Come on, give him praise. We got got people running around claiming Christ. Listen, running around doing their thing, doing it like they always done it. Nothing's ever changed. Nothing's ever been different in their life. Well, let me tell you something. If you get Jesus Christ, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. There will be a change in your life. I'm not saying you're going to be perfect. God knows we're not perfect. Amen? We're not going to be perfect. But I promise you this, we'll be different. And you know what? 
You, you should never, ever in your entire born days have to tell somebody you're a Christian. I've been standing, and I've been standing in a place and just talking to people. And I don't say, hey, here's my badge, pastor, Baptist church. I, I've never done that. Matter of fact, I'm scared to do that. Say amen. <laughs> I, I, I went, I went, I said, I said two words. I remember this. I said two words to a lady one time. She asked me a question. I said, yes, ma'am. Two words. That's it. She said, you're a preacher, ain't you? I thought, I'm glad I didn't cuss. Amen. <laughs> you know, if you are who you're supposed to be, you won't have to tell nobody. I heard somebody say on the sports channel about this dude that's bragging about how good he is and all that, on, on, you know, for the Super Bowl thing. And he said, my daddy always told me, if you're good, you don't have to tell nobody. Yeah. They already know. Boy, we need, we need people to repent. So I'm not going to live this life. This is not me. I'm not going this way anymore. I'm changing my mind. If you truly change your mind, it'll change your behavior. It'll do it. Listen, here we find this man of God pleading, pleading. And, he, and, and the next verse is, is, it, it so reveals him preaching and not teaching. Because he looks King Agrippa in the eyes. And he said, believest thou the prophets? You see, a teacher would say, here's the information. But a preacher will say, here's the information. Now, what are you going to do about it? He is a poor preacher who will not lead you to a point of decision without giving you an opportunity to decide. And he says, will you believe? Now, let me tell you something. It's been as uncomfortable in here as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. All morning. All morning. You know why? Because God is putting you in a place of decision. You are at a crossroads. And God is saying, today's the day. Will you believe? The man of God is giving an opportunity. He's given an invitation. Listen, this is the invitation. Please believe on the Lord. And then the saddest verse in the Bible. I can't stand reading this verse. It just tears my guts out because I've seen so many times giving an invitation to people and saying, please trust in Christ. Please come forward for salvation. And even see people raise their hand and say, I'm lost, but do not make a decision. He says, Paul, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. You know the saddest part about this whole deal? If you go two chapters before, I believe it's, two, it's either two or three chapters before, you find Paul before Felix. And he is preaching to Felix. He is teaching Felix. And this is, this, the Bible says, as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, that Felix literally trembled 
He was under such conviction, he trembled. God was dealing with him in such a powerful way, he trembled. He was feeling what many of you in this room right now are feeling in your heart, that that conviction of the Holy Spirit, and he trembled. And this is what he told Paul. He said, Paul, he he said, now listen, uh, uh, when I have a more convenient season, I will call for thee. But I can't find anywhere in Scripture where he got saved. It just wasn't convenient at the time. Agrippa says, almost. I wonder how many years in hell King Agrippa has said, almost. Paul, I was, I was right there and I heard your voice and, 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 and I almost believed. I almost received. Donnie, I wonder how many people are in hell today. And that word haunts them because they were in church service after church service, sat through invitation after invitation. And every time the preacher begged them to come forward, begged them to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, they held onto the back of the pew and would not let go. And I wonder how many in hell is crying today. Almost. Almost. Listen. Don't be one of them. If you can hear my voice, if you're under the sound of my voice right now, you have hope. You have a chance. Believe in him today. Believe in him today. So, preacher, but I, I, I'm young and I, I've got my life ahead of me. I'm going to listen, listen, listen. In the book of Genesis, God is speaking to Noah and he's telling him about judgment that's coming. And he says, he uses these words. God's spirit shall not always strive with man. The word strive means to plead, to contend with. In other words, everybody's got a limited point of time that God is going to plead with you. Let me tell you a story and we're done. I don't know if I've ever told this story because I, 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 I get sick to my stomach when I think about it. I grew up in church my whole life and, and, and my father was a pastor. Most of y'all know that. And, uh, and, and as he preached, he was very intense in his preaching. And there was a gentleman that had been coming to church. He had been coming to church and, and, and during every invitation... My father would look out there and see him and he would have tears dripping down his face and he would be trembling and and he'd be holding the back of the pews. And he would grip those pews and my dad would plead and my dad would beg and my dad would do everything he could to get him to come forward and do everything he could to get him to trust Christ and believe. But invitation after invitation after invitation after invitation. Every service would be the same. Every service would be the same intense conviction. The Holy Spirit was doing everything he could to get his attention. And Dad said the scariest sight he ever saw was one Sunday he came to church and Dad gave the invitation and he looked back and there was no expression on his face. There was no conviction. There was no fear. There was no moving of the Holy Spirit because he had said no for the last time. 
You do not know how many opportunities you have to accept Christ. And I'm begging you today, don't end up like that gentleman. Some old timers use this terminology, they send away their day of grace. Because God's not always going to plead. And we don't know how long we have. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Let's be as still as possible. Please be as still as possible. I want to pray for you today. I love everybody in this room. It is my desire that everybody in this room makes it to heaven. It is my desire that everybody in this room makes it to heaven. And I want to pray for you. There's no one looking around. Please, please, please. You say, preacher, I'm not 100% sure if I was to die right now that I would go to heaven. No one's looking around so you don't have to be embarrassed. I'm not 100% sure if I was to die right now that I would go to heaven. Preacher, would you pray for me? I want you to slip your hand up right where you are so I can pray for you and you put it back down. I see those hands on the left. I see all those hands all over the place. In the front, God bless you. In the middle, God bless you. All the way in the back on the right, God bless you, sir. You can put your hand down. Anybody else? Say, preacher, just pray for me. Pray for me. I see this hand in the middle. See the hand on the front. I see these hands in the middle and the front. God bless you on the left. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand in the back. Lord, help us now. Lord, I pray your will be done. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll touch every single soul that needs salvation this morning. You saw the hands all over the building, all over the building. And God, I, my soul is aching for them. My, my heart is breaking for them. I pray that you would touch them. Please let them decide to follow you today. Please let them decide to follow you today. Let them decide to be saved and know you today. Father, I pray today would be the day of their salvation. I'm going to tell them how. But they've got to make that decision. I can tell them how, but, but they've got to be the ones to make that decision. I pray, Lord, that they'll choose you today. As every head's bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around. If you was to come forward and you can do that, we can have somebody pray with you personally. We can have somebody pray with you personally or I can tell you right here, right where you're standing. This is what the Bible says. This is what we would tell you if you came forward. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. In other words, we were born broken. We've made mistakes. If you've ever told one little white lie, that makes you a sinner. We're all sinners. There is none righteous, no, not one. Nobody's perfect. We're all broken. But the Bible says in Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death. Now listen close. The wages of sin is death. Sin has to be paid for. 
The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Bible says, but God commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. If you will believe that Christ died for your sin, the Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Say, preacher, I would love to get saved. Well, here's how you do it. If you'll believe that Jesus died for you right now with all of your heart, if you will ask Him to forgive you and to save you, right now with all of your heart, the best you know how, He will save you. I'm going to pray this prayer, and if you'd like to pray this prayer, now remember, it's not what you're saying with your mouth, it's what you're doing with your heart. If you will believe with your heart, He will save you today. If you're ready to pray and ask God to save you right now, right where you are, right where you're sitting, I'm going to pray. This is what I want you to pray and mean it and just like you're talking to Jesus right now. Dear Father, I know I'm a sinner. I know I believe I'm a sinner. I believe that Jesus died for my sin. I believe that Jesus died for my sin. And the best that I know how, I ask you to forgive me and to save me. Forgive me and save me. Change me in Jesus' name. The best that I know how, I ask you to forgive me and to save me. In Jesus' name. Amen. As every head still bowed, just for one moment, just for one moment, if you prayed that prayer, if you prayed that prayer this morning, I'm so proud. Listen, I promise you, if you meant it with all of your heart, according to the Word of God, Jesus saved your soul today. I've got a little booklet I want to give you. I'll keep every head bowed. I ain't going to embarrass you for nothing. But I want to give you this little booklet that says, now that I've been saved. Now that I've been saved, it just tells you what the next step is. What do you need to do? What he'll help you with. And I want to pray specifically for you personally. And if you don't mind, if you prayed that prayer today, I want you to come forward. And I'm going to be, I, the, 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 the altar workers will step aside for a moment. It'll just be me. I want to pray for you personally, myself. And if Jesus touched you, Jesus saved you, you prayed that prayer, I want you to come right now. No waiting, no waiting, just come on. You prayed that prayer, come on, I want to give you this card. Would you come? You said, preacher, I asked the Lord to save me today. Come on now, as they're coming. God bless you. Would you pray that Persuaded, come, oh, come today, and almost persuaded, turn not away. 
Jesus invites you here and angels are lingering near prayers they rise from hearts so dear No. Oh. 